Today's sponsor is Sneakers, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their very cool designs at sneekis.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and at checkout, enter Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order. Also, in the process, you help support independent media. So go do it. Thanks a lot. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Magidus. Pixel and Roll Show, we discuss a team whose best player does not like to get poked, and neither do I, your Washington Wizards. Hello everyone, this is Adam McGinnis, it is January 12th, 2017, on today's pod, me and Troy Halliburton of Truth About It discussed the last week of Washington Wizards contest, the Timberwolves, the Bucks, the Bulls, and the Celtics. We drilled down and analyzed the takeaways of each game. This is a lengthy conversation that we get into, and so I end up divvying it up into two podcasts. This is part one. We go into more macro uh, topics on part two, which is upcoming. You should go check that out as well. So this is my conversation with Troy. Enjoy. With me today, a man that just crushed some takeout Chinese food uh, and missed uh, John Wall fighting uh, Jay Crowder. Troy Alborton, Troy, Troy, Happy New Year, man. How are you, buddy? Happy New Year to you uh, too, Adam. Man, I'm I'm great, man. I, I was doing a lot better before I realized and come back and see John Wall. It's getting into altercations that might get him suspended. That, that, that's no bueno. But besides that, man, life life is great. <laughs> yeah. How was your New Year holidays? Yeah, I mean, New Year was pretty cool. I was uh, I was here, spent it uh, hang, hanging out with Doy. Uh, we went out. We had, we actually started today. Went to a couple of museums. Got a little culture in before nice. the uh, tomfoolery. So yeah, I, I was in DC. In DC, just just kind of you know take, taking it easy, man. Taking it easy. Uh, what well, on the last podcast I talked to Rashad about his hangover, and he's uh, a little older, and me and myself are uh, more veteran and, and wise, but also the hangovers are you know take a little a little bit longer. Uh, to recover, how how was your uh, how was your recovery process? Man, my, my my recovery process wasn't even that bad. I I, I kind of really never even got too drunk on New Year's. You know, I, I stayed out like super late. But I mean, I think uh, been I've been watching the the alcohol intake purely for the uh, caloric intake, trying to trying to drop these lbs for the summer. Nice. Is this part of your resolution? Did you, did you, did you make? But any uh, yeah, man. I, uh. No, man, I, I honestly, uh, <laughs> honestly, I'm in like the worst shape of my life. So like cutting down on the drinking will, will definitely help me 
like drop these pounds, man. Hope, hopefully, at least. <laughs> well, that's the motivation. Well, speaking of drinking, yeah. But I, honestly, how? Yeah, go right ahead. No, man, I was gonna say how 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 was how was your New Year's, man? Like I know I know you uh, get get out and about, man. Ho- hopefully, you didn't take too long to recover, like Rashad. Yeah. No, I was actually uh, it was pretty tame. I was back kicking with the fam, and the way the holidays worked out with flights and stuff, I just stayed stayed back in the middle places, froze my ass off uh, with some family, but it was good, you know. Then of course I turned it up way too hard last weekend, so I made up for it. Uh, and you know, it's been been a drag. Uh, out too late, you know. Up, <laughs> up to up to no good and mischief yeah, here in the na- nation's capital. But when I was talking about drinking, Troy, when I was talking about drinking, Troy, yeah, man, that's it's, good. That, it's that this team causes me to drink, even enjoy. But the Washington Wizards uh, fell. We buried the lead. Uh, they lost tonight uh, against the Boston Celtics, one seventeen to one hundred eight in Boston. They are now nineteen and nineteen on the season. Uh, they have been playing very well basketball over the last few weeks, uh, especially at home. They've won ten in a row uh, at the Verizon Center. Struggling on the road, Troy. You've wrote about this team a lot more than me. You've done a hell of a job there in the Pixels, so good work, man. And been very, uh, very educated by the pieces you've wrote. But I haven't had you on the pod for a while since me and you talked at your crib for about two million hours uh, uh, previewing this team. What is your feelings uh, currently <laughs> about the 2016-17 Washington Wizards? How are you feeling? You know, I, I feel like they're they're kind of in that stage where where they haven't quite turned the corner yet, but I mean they're showing you know a lot of signs of promise of a team that is going to be in the hunt for the you know longevity of the season. So you know I think that you know it hell the fact that they even got over five hundred, which they haven't done since November of twenty fifteen, which like seems pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, they were that, six. They that were in six. itself is kind of an accomplishment. Troy, they were six and five too when they were over. Yes, <laughs> does that even count? I don't know. If we can exactly. Really... So you know that <laughs> that that really doesn't count for much. But I think that honestly, the, this team is getting to the point where they're they're establishing an identity, and I think that you know it's important of the fact that Scott Brooks is you know figuring out who he can trust on a nightly basis and who he can turn to you know as far as like the rotation is concerned. So I think that you know once. <laughs> Once they get somebody to do anything on for the bench, you know, th- this team is in prime position to, to, you know, at least be in the thick of things for the rest of the season. This John Wall, Jay Crowder deal, you know, it kind of messed up my podcast here, Outline Troy. We were going to go into each game. We're still going to discuss a lot of items here with this team. But I do not want people to uh, listen to a podcast uh, when they see national news Sports news of Washington Wizards uh, fight, especially with John Wall. So exactly, so, and not even talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right until like the fiftieth minute. So you know what? Hey, let's go to it right now. We'll dive right into it. Okay, <laughs> so so John Wall after the game looks like him and Crowder exchanged some words. They got got really heated into each other's face. Crowder goes with the the nose a poke. John Wall yep. did not like that. He hits back. Looks like John Wall then goes back in. To him, which pissed off Crowder again, and he went with a poke once again, and Wall uh, pushed it away. This was after the game, so everyone is on the court, so we don't have to worry about those type of suspensions uh, with with players leaving. Everyone was in there. Bradley Beal was being all tough with some funny faces in the background. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw that face. Uh, Mar- Markeith just 
he he looked like he was uh, uh, ready to get into some action. But uh, honestly, I, I feel like I feel like Crowder instigated the whole situation. Like you know that when you're jawing with somebody, when you, you you cross that line, you like as as a man, you know you can't put your finger in somebody's face and then actually touch them. Like that 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 was like completely overboard and. You know, I, I honestly am proud of Wall reacting the way that he did. You know, he, it could have been a lot worse. I, I don't think that he punched him. It looked more like a like, like an open hand slap. I, I, as I said on Twitter, man, I think John Wall looked like he might be a, a slap boxing champion in his <laughs> in, in, in his uh, grammar days in North Carolina. But you know, I, honestly, I think that if the league is going to look at it, I mean, they, they might try to suspend Wall for. A game just because you know he kind of the, the the second person you know in a fight always you know gets gets uh, all of the blame even though he didn't instigate it but he kind of you know it made it look like a blow where you know he was trying to strike uh, Crowder even though he you know he, he didn't connect or anything like that but you know I, I'm actually proud of Wall for standing up for himself because he I mean you anytime you touch another man's face that's just a crossing the line of disrespect right there. I, I agree. Also, spitting in the face is uh, you got you to gotta throw down. Even if, if it's Floyd Mayweather or Mike Tyson spitting in your face. Exactly. You, 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 you got to take, take that L. You got to take that L. But, <laughs> but if you don't, you're like, so that dude just spit in your face and you did nothing? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah come yeah, on, you man. Can't, you, can't, you can't go back <laughs> and, and look at your troops as the leader of the team. If you don't do anything in that situation. Well, to me, it, so, also, it also highlighted the bad blood between this team that has been bubbling up over the past few years. They've had some really heated battles. They've got into some scrums over games over the last two or three seasons. Right, uh, yeah. And, and last, in last game they played at the Verizon Center, I covered it, and the Wizards kicked their ass. They had no Al Horford. Boston was struggling. Crowder didn't even play. And late in the game, John Wall decides to make some... I actually kind of blame John on this one. An overly harsh foul for some reason on Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. Yeah, yeah. And then he then he came at him and then Marcus Smart came at him and then Marcus Smart was asked that question. Uh, I was in the locker room and he said a bunch of stuff about John Wall and I was like, "Damn, man, he's ready to go." And, and I was like, "I don't really want to go Marcus Smart." And Marcus Smart wasn't even involved in this uh, at yeah. all, you know. I mean, I th- I feel like Marcus Smart might have been probably one one of the instigators of the whole game cuz I mean, quite frankly, he's he's a dirty basketball player. Yeah. You know, he, he he's out there. I I, I feel like he's one of well, those he has, guys. He has that, a history in college too. It's some incidents. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, he he's out there. He's pulling on people's jerseys. He's 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 flailing and flopping all over the place. He's you know he, he's getting under guys' skin. He's you know he, he's over there coercing with the refs, trying to get calls. Like I don't know, I, I just, I just, I don't like the cut of the guy's jib, honestly. He's got a bad haircut. <laughs> he's got, a, he's got a terrible haircut. No, don't like, tell him I said that, by the way. No, no one blogged that I said he has a bad haircut. I don't want the. No, problem. no, I, I'll say it. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with it. But, but honestly, the problem that I have is the fact that the Celtics—they're walking around with their chests all, you know, pumped up, like, like there's some kind of, like, like, like there's some type of uh, perennial power in the Eastern Conference. So last time I looked up, this team hasn't won a playoff series in half a decade. You know, they're, they're, they're supposedly a team on the rise, but, you know, they don't even have the, the playoff success that this team has had over the last three years. So I, I don't understand why they, they feel the need to be going around taunting and, and doing this stuff like, like, like they didn't get their asses kicked earlier in the season. Yeah, and I think that 
contributed to this bad blood, I would say, is that Wall and Isaiah Thomas have had some issues over the years. And it's just because Isaiah Thomas has gotten the better of John Wall. And I think there's a level yeah, of frustration. He, he, he literally has gotten the better of him in one-on-one matches. Yeah, and even when he was in Sacramento, he had a game winner. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. And then also Al Horford spurning the Wizards. You know, Al Horford's not that type of personality. He was nowhere to be found, I don't think, in this fight at all. But, you know, that was a big piece of what the Wizards wanted to do. And, he, you know, maybe that's more for the fans than the players. But I think that does have somewhat of an impact. And and then you, you have these incidents of last year, the Wizards got their asses kicked by them, some blowouts. And I felt the Wizards felt they tried to ran it up on them a little bit. And I, yeah, I, you know, I think that, that 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 still stems and that's fresh in the mind. And then also, John Wall had a very poor evening tonight. He shot four twenty-one, nine points, only had one turnover, ten assists, but his shot was off. And Isaiah Thomas was uh, fantastic. He had thirty-eight points, closed it out in the fourth quarter. I don't know how what he ended up with in the fourth quarter. Maybe seventeen. I think seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he was five eleven. He had some shots. I thought it was very poor defense. I also thought that the fourth quarter performance uh, where the, the Celtics outscored the Wizards 34-23, to and we really saw the back-to-back legs. And I, I hate to make excuses, but when a team is, is logging heavy minutes, and it took them last night, you know, Wall played 39 minutes tonight uh, in last night's victory over Chicago, which we're going to get 40 into. minutes. He played 40 minutes. You know, yep. and, and that adds up in, in the travel. And, yeah, I mean – no one really wants to hear that because, like, yo, man, you're going to play basketball. That's your job. The rest of us don't have that. But it takes a toll on that jumper. Uh, I think Jay Michael of Comcast is reporting that Wall has something with his hand that Brooks brought up in, a, in, a, in the media availability after tonight's uh, loss. So something else is going on. So you, you combine a past history, frustration of the game, Crowder poking his face, and that's how we end up with this situation now. We're, we are recording this literally an hour after it went down, <laughs> an hour and a half. So many of you listening to this, maybe will, uh, whenever you get a chance over the next couple of days, it will be more fallout and more commentary, uh, quotes from Wall and Crowder and, you know, what what the league does. I hope there's no suspension. And if there is there is something, maybe just some fine, uh, since it was after the game. And also, even if he does miss a game, the Wizards' next game is Philly at home on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, that, that'd be that's probably the best scenario uh, currently. Even though Philly's playing pretty well, Philly's playing pretty damn well. And honestly, the the whole like thing that makes this team even like slightly above mediocre is the fact that the starting five is one of the best units in the league. So you know, if Wall's not out there, you know, th- 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 this team is is <laughs> going to be able to struggle no matter who they're playing. So, you know, I, I pray that, you know, they that Adam Silver just gives them a hefty fine. You know, let let's 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 everybody uh go about their merry way and, you know, <laughs> put this put this in the past. Even though I feel like Wall at this point is kind of building up a, a reputation for himself. I think what he has uh, eight technical fouls on the season. You know, he's top ten in the league in uh in, in technical fouls. So, you know, I don't I don't want him to you know, I don't want Adam Silver to feel like he has to set an example, you know, with John Wall to, you know, kind of get him to reel it in a little bit emotionally. You Any other takeaways from this game? I mean, the Wizards came out hot. Bradley Beal was scorching the Nets, hit four threes early in the first quarter. Big, right. Pan, Big Panda ended up with 35 points, uh, 6 of 10 from downtown. 
you know, Otto Porter chipped in with 20. Markeith had 14. Gortat had 10. Jason Smith had 13 off the bench. And he had a nasty two-handed uh, facial dunk on Tomahawk almost on somebody. And also had an awesome block. I can't believe I'm on this podcast saying good things about Jason Smith. But I just did. Uh, and But it, it seemed to me that, you know, you know, the Wizards got to a hot start. They had maybe a lead and maybe could extend it there in the third quarter. Never really could break away from the Celtics. And then the Celtics turned it on and they really had no answer at the end. Yeah, I think it was kind of a game of runs because, uh, the, you know, the Wizards actually did get up to uh, 10 points, a 10-point lead, which was their uh, highest lead of the game. But it's like the second they got up to 10, you know, the Celtics would go on an 8-0 run and then it's down to 2 and then they'll get it back up to 6 or 7. And I think, honestly, when... The, the starting unit, you know, allowed the Celtics to kind of get back into the game going into the fourth quarter. I knew that it would be a problem because, you know, of course, Wall is going to sit, you know, their first, you know, three or four minutes of the fourth quarter. So you, you, you leave Trey Burke out there, you know, with, with trying to nurse just a one or two point lead instead of an eight to ten point lead. You know, that, that, that allowed the Celtics to, you know, kind of take the game over. And put the Wizards on their heels, so now they're they're kind of chasing the Celtics. Well, they were chasing the Celtics to you know finish out the game. It seemed like the difference really was at the three point line. The Wizards were ten to twenty six, a decent amount for them 38 percent clip. The Celtics were seventeen to forty one, forty one percent. So that's seven more threes, and made threes. And the Wizards shot forty two percent from the field. The Boston shot fifty percent. Uh, Boston had, and the Wizards only had eight turnovers. Rebounds were even. Scott Brooks, uh, Jay Michael said after the game that he was bitching about the refs. He was really pissed about some foul calls. Did you see anything of that? Because uh, I had the the unfortunate misfortune, I should say, of listening to the Boston Celtics announcers. I was having some cable issues, so I had to find a stream online. And I had to listen to Tommy Hightum and I forget the other dude's name. Just complain about the refs for the Celtics. I mean, they, they were so biased and so ridiculous. I made a bunch of tweets about it. And it got to the point where they were mocking Wall. And the end of the fourth quarter, like, it's Isaiah time. Which ended up being true for them, honestly. But it was like, Wall only has 8 points. Isaiah has 17. They were bitching about the December Player of the Month award. Uh, Isaiah got screwed over Wall. I mean, it was just obnoxious. I mean, even when Wizards were getting a foul called on them, the Celtics were at the free throw line, the announcers were still complaining. I could barely take it. I, I, I don't really listen to anyone but Buck and Phil, you know, maybe some ESPN announcers, if the Wizards are on, but we know that they're never on, yeah. on these games. Oh, my man, uh, Glenn, Glenn Consor on the radio party. <laughs> yeah, on the radio party, yeah, Dave and, Dave and Glenn. Do you, did you say anything with the rest of what Scott Brooks was talking about? Because I didn't really get a chance. I was in and out with this feed. Uh, I didn't really see it. And I was listening to Boston complain about every fucking call up for them, which it was really weird for me to <laughs> really see that. But all I got to say is God bless Buck and Phil that we listen to them. And, yes, they're biased and homers, but the homer and the hackiness of some of these other announcers, Wow. Yeah, so I, I honestly didn't really see like the the refs being you know kind of biased towards either team. I think that you know they they did a bad officiating job tonight, but I think that you know it was probably evenly split amongst you know both teams. You know, I think yeah, I'm looking at it now. Um, the Wizards finished with 13 personal fouls for the game, and the Celtics had 10. 
you know, the Wizards shot 12 free throws um, and the Celtics shot 18. But yeah. the Wizards only the Wizards only hit eight of their 12 uh, free throws. So and, you know, a couple and then, of those are for technicals too. So I mean, ex- the, ex- the discrepancy wasn't that major for me to really see anything. I just don't know what Scott uh, Brooks was bitching about. So yeah, I mean, I think that there there were bad calls made, but I I think that there were bad calls made where the ball went out of bounds off of you know Wizards players and the referees were giving the ball to the Celtics. So you know, I think that like I said, the officiating was just bad, but. You know, at least it was just bad for both teams. So I, I don't think either team like necessarily gained an advantage uh, from from the officiating tonight. Do I we, think that. Do we learn you know, anything from this game? Oh uh, well, we learned that uh, Kelly Oubre is really not ready to take that next leap. That I think that we're, we're all kind of expecting and and know that the Wizards need because I mean, quite frankly, he's the only bench player who even has the potential. To you know, uh, have you know a little inside growth from the from from the team, and you know have have us be able to get better without you know adding an external factor, and, and I think that his inconsistency over the last month really has kind of kind of hurt this team in a sense that you know they 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 literally have nobody else from the bench they can lean on, even even though Jason Smith you know is giving them serviceable minutes, but it's like you, you can't rely on on him to come in and, and, and save the day every game. You literally need another wing player. And Oubre, you know, when, when he plays well, the Wizards, they're able to get out and run. And, he, you know, he he's athletic. He adds a, a dynamic that this team desperately needs. He he unlocks lineups that allow them to play a lot smaller with, you know, he and Otto being able to interchange on who's guarding the three and who's guarding the four. And so I, I think that, we, you know, we look at his, his night. He played 13 minutes. You know, he, he had 0.0. 0 it's 0 for 2 from the field, and, you know, he really didn't – he didn't grab any rebounds. He, he looked like he wasn't as attentive, you know, on the defensive yeah, end. Bad, bad charge, too. Didn't he run over a player as well? Yeah, because, because honestly, he refuses to shoot the ball with his right hand. And, and I, I've been trying to search this stat. I, I honestly don't think I've ever seen the man take a right-handed NBA shot. But, so, it, it, it's – I don't know. His game is very predictable. But I mean, he's the best of what he, we he got. He barely even point. dribble. He barely even dribbles with his right. Now that I think about it, he does nothing with his right hand. He, I mean, he's a completely, you know, ball dominant player with his with his strong hand. And I, honestly, you know, he he has a lot of development, a lot of growth that he needs to go through in order for him to be a a consistent rotation player. Well, this the, team. the last last thing I'd like to say about this game before we move on is I thought it was interesting that he went small with Morris. In closer with McClellan instead of Ubre, he felt out that Ubre was not playing well. Went with McClellan, who, which I like with the athleticism. What was your thoughts on them going to that lineup? Obviously, it didn't work out, and maybe he just wanted some more length uh, with Boston playing so small as well. Yeah, Boston was playing small, so I feel like uh, you know this. He, he kind of just switched it up to uh, you know adhere to the lineup that was out there, even though he put uh, Markeith in at the five. Yeah. In the uh, in in the Bucks game on Sunday, and you know, but but Markeith had you know arguably his best game of the season. Then you know he had twenty and ten on Sunday, but tonight you know I'm looking at it right. He shot you know twenty one shots. You know that that's I think that's a little bit uh, too much uh, for for him. I mean that's a little bit too many shots. I think that um, 
Well, there was four minutes left in the game, and they ran McClellan, Markeith, two-man game on the left side, and I was like, what is happening here? And McClellan yeah. was in the post, and he kicked it back out to Markeith to launch a three. And we'll go into Markeith here. <laughs> Excuse me, some of these other games. But sometimes I think the defenses are like, all right, we're okay with Markeith shooting a corner three for the Wizards. You of know, and he, can make, and he can make that shot, and he's shown over the last couple of weeks of him having an ability to shoot that. But that's the shot your defense is going to live with, right? Of course. I mean, he, Markeith has to realize that he's open for a reason. Yes. <laughs> so. And it's not like he cannot not make it. He just is way more effective in different spots on the court that break down the defenses in numerous ways than just him spotting up in the corner or on the wing, uh, especially yeah. in crunch time. I mean, early in the game, it's okay. But when the game gets tight, that's not really the shot that the team is looking for. Yeah, not really the shot they're looking for at all. And I think uh, Markeith, he actually, uh, against the Bulls, he hit his first three in the fourth quarter. So, you know, the teams are obviously, you know, strategizing to, you know, make sure that they leave him open, and, you know, and, and worry about the other more lethal uh, weapons that the Wizards have. You know, Otto Porter somehow shows up on this uh, synergy sports list of most efficient players in the uh, in the NBA but, you know, somehow he's fourth on the team in field goal attempts. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. No, I, I agree that they should run some plays for Otto Porter. I think they are a little bit more. I don't really have the stats to back that, <laughs> back that up. But sometimes it's hard to tell if those are actually sets or if they're just Otto Porter's really good at making cuts in a, yeah. in a secondary breaks on a situation. Yeah, I where, think, where, I think where it they really push, might be the latter. They, like where they push the ball up and they're trying to get something on the break and it doesn't work out, but the defense is still scrambling and then Otto kind of cuts to an open spot and gets a look. But that's not really a set or, or a play uh, yeah. that, that, that the team maybe is focused on to get Otto Porter going. And, and it is kind of difficult in the sense that Otto, because he can kind of blend in so well and he's been more assertive and more aggressive, so he's getting his shots. But sometimes he's... He's playing at such a high level that maybe he needs to get a little more looks and, you know, at the expense of his efficiency, I guess. But I'd rather have him making those shots at a high clip, getting more attempts volume-wise than, you know, Marquise's kind of lower percentages. Now, now <coughs> we've all over the place here, Troy, but let's, <coughs> let's go back to Friday night. The Minnesota T-Wolves at the phone booth. Washington wins 112-105. to Wiggins went absolutely nuts. That, that's what I would say about this game. He had 41 points. He was unstoppable at, at times. Of course, he had uh, one rebound and two assists. <laughs> <laughs> and he was negative uh, four plus minus. But at the end, this game was, you know, up and down. Minnesota took a big lead. Washington closed it out 32-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter. And John Wall, you know, was the man there at the end of the game. Very balanced scoring with the Wizards starters. Nothing really to highlight. Everyone was in double figures. Jason Smith, once again, had a decent game with 10 points off the bench. But this was a case to me of the Wizards kind of going through the motions a little bit, but then having a better starting five than the T-Wolves, especially when uh, Zach Levine shot 3 of 14, who killed the Wizards last year. Uh in D.C. And, and basically knocked him out of the playoffs. Uh, and I went absolutely nuts in a double overtime uh, loss. Towns didn't really go off. And they limited him. So it kind of was like the strategy to let Wiggins get his thing. And 
Dude, but when he's not creating for the teammates and just, you know, he was making incredible shots, but very difficult, uh, a lot of them. I mean, there were some drives, especially at the end of the game, I think in the last minute, which was, I was like, wow, that's like a sick-ass drive, dude. Like, dunk in crunch time. But John Wall made some plays <laughs> to, to close this out. I don't really have any other takeaways from this game. What, what did you see uh, from this victory? Uh, honestly, I saw that the Wizards, you know, in classic Wizard form, you know, kind of played down to the competition. And, Without you know, just like you, yeah, just like you said, though, uh, you know, they, 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 they got lucky because they let Wiggins, you know, kind of just get his for the night. And they're just lucky that he didn't go off for 50 because they, yeah. they would have lost. You know? He could have. Uh, he could have. He was close. <laughs> he was close. But, you know, I, but they have to be thankful that, you know, that the uh, the Timberwolves have the second worst bench in the league. So, you know, they, they, they didn't have to worry about uh, the, the bench just completely blowing the game. And, you know, Wall and Bill both, you know, were, were pretty dynamic that night. And I think that, you know, when, when, when they get nights like that from, you know, both superstars and, you know, a solid contribution from, you know, Otto and Markeith and the bench doesn't just get totally blown out, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be in a lot of games. And I guess the team that they're better than, they're going to win a lot of games. So, you know, I think that that it, it was kind of discouraging, though, that they're playing down to the competition of, you know, a, a 12-win team in Minnesota. But, you know, they... They a win is a win at this point of the season, so I guess I guess we can't really complain too much about that. But I I, I was impressed by the fact that you know I think uh, uh, Brian France were, wrote a piece where you know the the Timberwolves players were very complimentary of you know the chemistry between you know Wall and Bill, and you know that, that's just kind of funny because you know maybe they don't read any you know <laughs> M- NBA uh, uh, scuttlebutt. But you know, apparently, apparently, Wall and Bill don't like each other. But you know that that's not what other NBA players are saying. So, and you know that that's clearly not what Wall and Bill have shown over you know the first uh, you know thirty some odd games of the season. The Alpha Dogs, yes. Who is who is barking the loudest as the Alpha? Yeah, dogs? I mean, you know, I think that they're both Alpha Dogs, and you know, it's clear that John Wall is a perennial All Star, and you know, Bradley Bill is struggling to get to that point. But, I mean, like, in a pure basketball sense, their games complement each other so well that, you know, they, they, they are going to mesh when they're on the court. So unless these guys literally just kind of hate each other, like, it, it's going to work. <laughs> and Beal was feeling it from downtown. He was 5 of 7 from three-point line. The Wizards were 12 of 22 uh, as a team, making up for the fact that they only shot nine free throws. Now, they, they win this game. You're right. A lot better than the, the the alternative, which I've been really pissed. And then they have a night off and play their fourth game against the Milwaukee Bucks in less than a month. Their third game against the Milwaukee Bucks in, I believe, less than or two weeks, two and a half weeks. And they go to, <laughs> they go to Milwaukee. Now, they, now that, that was their fourth game versus Milwaukee in the last three weeks. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, so they had yeah, three games in two weeks against Milwaukee. Now, they... It's a 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern start, so 1 p.m. there in Central uh, Central Time Zone of Wisconsin, and no Greek feet. We find out that Giannis is not playing, who is just putting up ridiculous numbers. The last time the Wizards went uh, before Christmas, uh, December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve, Giannis put on a dunk display, and 
was just ridiculous against the Wizards. And he had two other games. And when the Wizards won at home, he played pretty well. No Giannis, you're feeling good. It is an early start. NBA players are creatures by habit like we all are. This team does not play many Sunday matinee games over the years. I know it's Milwaukee. They've had their second off night in Milwaukee. Uh, they came out really flat the last time they played in Milwaukee on an half night. So I don't know if they're going back to the same strip club or, or whatever. I don't know how many clubs there are in Milwaukee. Someone from Wisconsin will probably get mad at me. But uh, if they ballers hang out, I, f- I assume there's not very many. Uh, so maybe they're going back, they're feeling good or whatever. You know, there's some, some worry or concern there. But, you know, no Giannis, you're feeling good. This is another game that the Wizards uh, should take care of. And John Wall played terrible in the first quarter. Uh, it was one of the worst I've seen him play all season. Uh, some of these, <laughs> these passes by the Wizards, it was literally like a turnover. Like I coached seventh grade basketball. You know, you make turnovers or bad turnovers. We were like, all right, fundamentally, you know what you're doing. Like, yo, dude, do you see the defender? Like, do not throw it to him. Like, hold the ball. You know, like, wait till your guys open it. Like, some of these turnovers were so bad that the Wizards, it wasn't the, def- the defense of the box was so great. Washington was just so sloppy with the ball early on. Luckily, they were not down too much because Otto was uh, stroking it there early on. The game progressed, and the Wizards turned it on the second half, especially the third quarter. They came out of the out of the halftime uh, on fire, and then they finally prevailed with help walking in a late rally. The Wizards win 107-101. They get their fourth road game victory of the season. So now they're 4-12 and away from the phone booth. Commercial break time, yes. The sponsor, Sneakers, S-N-E-K-I-S dot com, DMV, sports apparel. Holidays are over, but guess what? There's always time to hook your friends and family up with some cool, fresh gear. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Help support this Wizards independent media because I continually give you the real about this basketball team, and I'm not influenced by the corporate factions of monumental or comcast and at checkout you get 10 percent off your order when you enter pixel and roll and i really appreciate it now back to the show troy what was your thoughts on this game i know you wrote some uh, really interesting things on uh, truth about it about it truth well, about I, it about it got it got it got to plug the site for 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 kyle uh, but uh no honestly i saw that this team you know, they they, they kind of started the game really lackadaisical. They they got down double digits, but uh, you know, John Wall like he he was just so laser focused in the fourth quarter when it came to you know he's so de- he was so decisive with the ball as far as you know kind of getting to his spots, getting to his you know his, his hot spots on the floor, which is which has been the foul line extended jumper. I mean he's I mean he he's shooting you know I think uh, what forty four percent on those jumpers. The, the long the dreaded long two jumper uh, for the season, but the thing is, you know, he I, he's kind of relying on that shot because he knows that he can use his ball handling and you know great Marcin Gortat screens to get to that spot whenever he wants. And literally, when that shot is falling, you know, teams, you know, they 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 have to respect him, and that that just pretty much you know opens up the whole offense, you know, he because they 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 overcommit. 
they, they send two guys at him when he's hitting the shot. Then he's able to, you know, hit the corner threes or, you know, do a little uh, fancy passing to, to slice it in there to Gortat so he can he can lay it up, not dunk it. But, you know, I think that Wall is literally showing, you know, that he, he's able to take over games in the fourth quarter now. And, you know, I think that is kind of the, the biggest key that, you know, this team is, is kind of learning about themselves is that, you know, when if Wall has his jumper going, he, he can – pretty much get to that open shot at the at the elbow whenever he wants so you know and i think that scott brooks is kind of learning he's trusting them because you know it looks like they they came back the next night versus chicago and they 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 ran the same you know kind of plays at the end of the game and 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 wall was pretty much lethal when it comes to that mid-range jumper another thing too is no marcus thornton in this game mcclellan played 12 minutes eight points I thought he was fantastic. His athleticism, his youth, and <laughs> I just love that Marcus Thornton is not involved. And that yeah. makes me feel a lot better about this team. And Bradley Beal didn't have, he was, he was misfiring from downtown. He was only 2 of 10 from three pointers. But he, his mid range game was going. He was attacking very well. He was reading defenses. Uh, ends up with 26 points. And you mentioned earlier, Markeith was. Was a beast down low with and got into the spots I was mentioning as well, you know, on the on the baseline, on the high post. Him and Mark, him and Gortat play the two man game uh, very nicely. It's almost you could tell their chemistry going back from their Phoenix days, and they have that going, and that's pretty tough to stop, especially when they don't have Giannis and it's Greg Monroe and Jabari Parker playing defense with. Tavelovich. And so, you know, they don't, and, and John Henson, Henson weighs like a buck 50. And those guys, <laughs> and those guys. But another thing about this game at the end, I mean, it came down, and the, and I'll give it up for Scott Brooks, and and Steve Buckhantz almost had an aneurysm because it almost was a five second call. But what an out of bounds, they basically, the dagger was an out of bounds play at the end of the game that the Wizards get and get a, a bucket off a great screen. Uh, from our, uh, by Gortat to free Markeith for Marquee. a layup, and for John Hanson, yep. yeah, John Hanson messed up the switch, and then the Bucks go down, and and the Wizards get a turnover on their out of bounds play. So it's weird that this game ended up uh, an out of bounds play. I have nothing else to say about this game. It was ugly. Uh, Mike Beasley got off a little bit. Brogdon, yeah. is, you yeah, know, I and, feel- and Parker played well, but Parker I, played I'm very glad. well. I was impressed with him. Yeah, and I'm glad we're doing the Bucks. But I thought that a good point before we move on to the next game is you made is that I mean the Bucks now I don't know if the Bucks so the Wizards are nineteen and nineteen and the Bucks have a similar record and now the Wizards have the tiebreaker tiebreaker and I know it's a little early to think about that stuff but when it comes down to March and we're obsessing over who we have to play how many games we have left and who do we have the tiebreaker with this is really this victory on last Sunday. Uh, could be, you know, whether or not they get a home field advantage, home court advantage, four or five seed. Hey, it could be. A, you know, I don't want to say it's eight or nine because I think the Bucks and the Wizards. Hopefully, hopefully the Wizards. Well, spot. You know, but it could be. It could be. It could be. It could be. Or hey, or it's avoiding the Raptors at the two seed, right? It could be. Yeah. A, it could be a six or seven. Oh it, man, I want. I want the know, Raptors. Bring the Raptors on again. <laughs> but you but, know, uh, you know what I'm saying, like. 
yeah, I guess it could. Well, I guess it'd be the Celtics or Raptors if you think the Celtics would be the third seed. Yeah. But it could, it could, but it could be home court four or five. It could be eight or nine. All I know is that the Wizards have the tiebreaker now against the Buck a Bucks team because of this victory, and that's something that I know it's a little early to t- take note of these kind of things. But I know you mentioned it after the game, and and yeah. it's something it's something fans should be aware of. I believe moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that it's definitely something that, you know, we, that we as fans should take notice of. And, you know, literally, you know, this this season, you know, it comes down to just a game or two here and there. And like last year, you know, the Wizards, we didn't make the playoffs. We were 41 and 41. It's like the first time in a decade that a team that was 500 didn't make the playoffs in the East. So, you know, to, to have the tiebreaker over a team who – you know, it's not even going out on the limb saying that, you know, I feel like Milwaukee's going to be in the mix, in the playoff mix, going, you know, down the stretch. You know, I think that that is a, is a key advantage. That tiebreaker is a key advantage, you know, just to have in, in, in your back pocket. So I, I think that, you know, that in itself made that victory one of the most important victories of the season because, you know, it, it solidified and locked up the, the tiebreaker advantage and, you know it, that that that's going to come in handy. I just I got a really good feeling about that particular tiebreaker coming in handy for the team. And it moved the team back to five hundred. They wrote the run of road, road win tiebreaker. We're back to five hundred. So I mean, even though it's a sloppy game, I would not want to watch it again. Uh, hey, took care of business. Two games in a row they could have lost, and they didn't. They took care of business. Now they go home. Uh, last night, actually, we're we're recording this on a uh, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, uh, at home against the Chicago Bulls. So of course, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Dwayne Wade's out. Jimmy yep. Butler's out. Jimmy Butler's out. Uh, Miritich is out. And the Wizards had just beat the Bulls a couple weeks ago in Chicago. Probably the best road win of the season, actually. <laughs> oh my God, dude! I watched this at the bar. And the <laughs> Chicago, they came out, of course, in some so Wizards fashion. They scored 36 points in the first quarter. No defense at all. I mean, everyone's hitting threes. All of a sudden, uh, Rashawn Rondo's corpse is out there making plays. He's, yeah, I mean, it was, like, it's kind of sad. We, I, thought like, I thought he had, like, Hoiberg had benched him. There had been all that drama. They're down yeah. there, no players left, and here he's out there, you know, make, he's doing things out in the court, like positive things. The Wizards are down uh, 12 points at half. Uh, he had given up 61 points to this undermanned Bulls team. Your thoughts at halftime, because I was not happy. Yeah, I thought that this was like the classic trap game uh, syndrome, and the Wizards, they, they, they fell right into the trap. They, they honestly didn't take the Bulls as seriously as they should have. And, you know, they were lackadaisical on, on, on defense. And, you know, they just didn't drive the Bulls off of the three-point line at all because, you know, honestly the Bulls are, the uh, I think, they're the worst three-point shooting uh, team in the NBA percentage-wise. So, you know, they, they feel like, you know, they can just let Jeremy Grant have as many threes as he wants and let Denzel Valentine. Yeah, the rookie. I, 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 didn't even know he, I didn't even know he played. He was hitting three. Well, he, did, well, he, do, he doesn't normally play. When, <laughs> <laughs> when, when, their, when their three best wings were out, you know, they, they kind of had to, you know, go to him. You know, and, and Rondo, 
it, it was kind of like the Rondo revenge game, but the revenge was on his own team because yeah. you know he, he this is his first minutes that he's played in, in the whole 2017. Bobby Bobby you know? Portis was hitting threes. Who, yeah, Bobby who, Portis hit a couple of threes and. You know the the you know, Robin the Lopez that, was doing stuff down low. Hustle oh, Robin, Rob, Robin Lopez is a good player, and you know Dodge Gibson, Dodge <laughs> Gibson, the Wizards killer, was getting rebounds. I mean, yeah, Doug Doug McDermott was out there getting getting some buckets, McBuckets. Yes, <laughs> and and uh, you know I think that in the first half they 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 just totally fell asleep at the wheel, and you know they they, they allowed the uh, Bulls to build the lead all the way up to eighteen points. And it, it looked like it was going to be a, you know, a very very sad night for Wizards fans. But you know, I, I wish I could have been there for, uh, you know, John Wall's halftime speech or Scott Brooks's halftime speech. But I mean, they came out in the second half. They looked like a completely different team. They, yeah, yeah, they the looked out, like they actually the, gave a damn. Yeah, they outscored Chicago thirty-two to sixteen in the third quarter. It looked like they had taken control of the, this game, and then of course the Bulls make a run. A little bit. It, it was more the run at the end. Was it looked like the Wizards just didn't were not able to put them away. They had so many. I felt discombobulated offensive possessions at the four, five, three minute mark ish of the game where it should not came down to the end, but it did. And, and you were talking about McBuckets. I felt like he missed a lot of open threes. I, th- I felt like the Bulls. The Bulls didn't. They were ten to twenty seven from three. The Wizards were eleven to twenty two. Once again, a good clip. But <laughs> there was a lot of open looks that just felt like the Bulls didn't go their way. And then Lopez, but then Lopez scraps and gets a call and over Gortat. And then now the, the, the Wizards are down. And then John Wall goes to Supernova again. We, we talked about it earlier. Man, makes a, some more clutch plays uh, to close this one out. And then the jumper, fadeaway jumper. Uh, with what was that? Ten seconds left. Five, Ten, five seconds. Five, left five seconds five. left. Yes. Uh, to 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 win this game, one hundred one to ninety nine uh, for Washington to, to put them above five hundred. Like you said, for the first time in fourteen months. And so, your thoughts once again of John Wall. The crowd was pumped. It was exciting. It's one of these weird things where I'm glad we're making the plays to win, but also it's like okay, well. These T Wolves, the Bucks, and the Bulls—they should have won this, these games by ten to fifteen Handily. points, right? Exactly. And John Walsh had the ice packs, and him and Bradley Beal should be making funny faces about, you know, about some girls or whatever they want to talk about, right? Some club or someone so gossiping about their friends, you know. Instead, they're out there gutting it out, making these plays. Now, granted, they go three and zero in these games, so I feel a lot better. Because if one of these victories was a loss, I'd be bitching up a storm about it. But I also have this feeling where, yo, like, this is going to catch up to them at some point. Yeah, I mean, it's going to catch up to them because of the fact that, like you said, like, the they, Wall isn't able to sit out any fourth quarters and, you know, and just kind of sit back and relax and enjoy the fruits of his labor. I mean, Gortat because- played 42 minutes. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so it, I mean, that that box score from yesterday is extremely weird because, you know, the Wizards only won by two points. But John Wall finished with a plus minus of 24. So <laughs> of, of plus 24. Yeah. So that means he played 40 minutes. So the game's only 48 minutes. So if he's a plus 24, 
and they only won by two. So that, that means the eight minutes that he wasn't on the floor, the team was getting dogged by 22 points. Oh, my God. Like, in, in, in eight minutes of action. So, I mean, it, it, they make it virtually impossible for, you know, the, any of the stars to actually get any rest because, you know, it, it's the second John Wall comes out of the game, it's a – it's it's just a straight landslide uh, as far as points are concerned from the other team. Yeah, no, yeah, you're, you're, it is weird. Another thing I want to mention about this game is that Denzel Washington, the rookie, uh, Denzel Washington, Denzel Valentine. It wasn't as bad as a head and fences. Fences, head and fences. Whatever. Like, <laughs> that hashtag was so great. Like, oh my that, god. Like, uh, it, it was so good. I, I had a yeah. chance to see uh, the Denzel Washington movie, but. The yeah. jokes, the jokes. Were the, joke, yeah, the, oh. the jokes is what make the internet undefeated. Oh, especially during award shows. Like, I've never really liked award shows. Like, they're okay. But I feel like award shows, following award shows on Twitter, even though you haven't seen half the stuff or don't know half the musicians, are so much funny for the jokes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that, like, make, <laughs> making fun of, like, crushing people, making fun of everything than it is if you didn't have, tw- like, bef- I don't know what it was like before Twitter. Did I sit there and watch? I mean, I know I watched the Oscars for four hours, or did I watch, like, you know, the MTV Music Awards? Even though I don't really watch those anymore, but, uh, some, like, the Grammys? I did not watch the Grammys. Now, I'll totally watch the Grammys for the jokes online, you know? <laughs> exactly. That. The internet is completely undefeated on uh, award show oh, nights. Oh, oh, <laughs> and then you get black Twitter all fired up, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean the, the level that black Twitter goes to, like the ratchet level that they'll go to, too. Like, like, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's control, it's, right? <laughs> yeah, it's completely ridiculous, man. I think that, honestly, though, uh, <laughs> that, that, that gaffe right there probably wouldn't even be tweet or meme worthy. So you're... you're you're good, Adam. <laughs> no, no, it was actually better. It was the the Navy one with the inbox oh, Navy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, one, like, that one, that one was like, like yeah. Like, I just followed the hashtag, and it was like, oh my god! Like people started breaking down. Like who would be in the Navy? What rappers? <laughs> well, exactly. As long as Master P is leading me, you know. I know. I know it's not a Master P tank, but he can lead my Navy. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. a, lot of, a lot of semen jokes. I mean, it is it relentless. Uh, for, yeah. those, for those who don't know, uh, Yahoo was unfortunately uh, had a bad headline, which I will not repeat. But uh, you know, as a white man, yeah. I will not I will not say it. But uh, you should check it out. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah, just uh, know that the, uh, the, the B and the N are right next to each other on the keyboard. So. <laughs> no, it was pretty much no, no. But what I was gonna say about uh, Valentine is that is, is that is that he. Did his three- monster in John Wall well, when he well, did his well, little dance. Yeah, <laughs> what's weird is that, like, after he, there was a timeout, and I saw Taj Gibson, like, freaking out on the bench, and I thought he was, like, mad at a Wizards player, and I was at a bar, and everyone's all getting ready to watch Obama's speech. Of course, I, you know, made them put the Wizards game on, and then I got uh, jettisoned to a, a smaller TV, which I was like, it's totally fine. And when, the, so, <laughs> and when John Wall hit the game when he shot, I went nuts. And, like, it wasn't the time for Obama to clap. And these people next to me knew what I was watching. And I was like, I just, like, pretended to keep clapping for, for Obama as well, too. It was pretty funny. Uh, but what I was going to say is that Gibson was freaking out on the bench. And I was like, why is he freaking out? And I tweeted something about it because I thought maybe there was some altercation with the wizard. No, he was pissed at Valentine for dancing. Pissed at Valentine for, for dancing. dancing. Yeah, I didn't yeah, even know that. It's because they cut away the commercial. And then John Wall, what was his quote? He said... He, he woke told, a monster. Yeah, you woke up a monster. That's what, And then he you know, he went nuts and made a bunch of big buckets. And 
and his jumper was looking smooth and yeah, yeah, what welcome to the NBA rookie. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a clear welcome to the NBA rook moment. And uh, you know, Denzel Valentine, you know, the guy hasn't scored in double figures the whole season. You know, he's got, you know, the three top wings in front of him, they're out. He gets into the game, he's hitting a couple shots, he thinks he's back in East Lansing, he starts talking a little trash, and you know, next thing you know, he's woken up a monster and and John Wall took the game over like a like like the Wall Star that he is, and you know Todd Gibson, you know no no the the savvy veteran that he is, he knew that that was a mistake, you know, in real time, and he was kind of letting the rook have it. So you know, l- luckily, plus, plus for, a ten point lead with four or five minutes left in the NBA, six minutes, dude. Come on, bro. Like that's not that much. I mean, that's it's over, not that much right? at all. all right? So. Yeah. <laughs> This is Evanston. You're not in Northwestern. That wraps up part one of my conversation with Troy Halliburton. Go check out part two. That should be up shortly. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And as always, go Wizards. Peace out. Ah!